Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 287 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for showing us more of you and your ways as we read your word. Help us learn more about you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what Jesus is teaching in Matthew chapter 20. He starts with a parable explaining how the kingdom of God works. A man hired workers for his field. Some were hired early in the day and worked the whole day. Others were hired at midday and still others at the end of the day. The man who hired these men decided to pay those who were hired last first. Jesus tells the story this way to teach them about God. Controversy arose because those hired first thought they deserved more wages than those who had only worked for an hour or so. Jesus' point is that those who became Christians in their last breath are given the same heavenly reward as those who had been saved their whole lives and worked diligently for the kingdom their whole lives. Our God is a generous God, and his will is that we all come to know him, whether it be in our last breath or every breath. Then we see a mother's heart. The mother of James and John asked Jesus for a favor. She wants her two sons to sit next to Jesus in heaven. Jesus knew she really didn't know what she was asking. This was an honor that he could not give them, and it stirred up strife between the other disciples and James and John. Jesus quickly quieted them down and told them the greatest among them would be the one who serves. Jesus served until his last breath. How might we serve the Lord today? I love the last five verses of this chapter. Two blind men call out to Jesus. The crowd told them to be quiet, but they yelled even louder. Jesus asked them what they wanted him to do for them. Of course, they wanted their sight, and he willingly gave it to them. Jesus is also waiting for us to call out to him, and we can expect the same response. What do you want me to do for you, he says. We need only tell the Lord what we need, and he will hear us. Let's not be afraid to fervently ask him for what we need. It certainly worked out well for the blind men. We start the book of Hebrews today. We don't know who the author of Hebrews is, but he is known to be a second-generation Christian who likely wrote this in approximately 60 AD. I love this book because the author writes so many wonderful truths about Christ. In verse 3, he writes, He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being the outraying or radiance of the divine, and he is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power, when he, by offering himself, accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. This passage beautifully describes who Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ is. He is the version of God we can see, the light of the universe made into a man, a man of perfection, a man who showed us God's mercy, love, strength, power, sovereignty, healing, and grace. Jesus is glory all wrapped up into one human being. He was unafraid of living as a mortal human in the humblest of circumstances. Jesus left the perfection of heaven to be with us, and he showed us God's nature in all he did. He showed us God's heart when he healed the sick, blind, and deaf. He showed us God's love when he held and blessed the children. He showed us God's wisdom when he picked his 12 disciples. He showed us God's commitment when he prayed all night instead of taking his sleep. 
He showed us God's abundance and miraculous nature when he blessed the two fish and five loaves, which fed thousands. He showed us God's mercy when he voluntarily walked toward his captors to give himself up as the final sacrifice for us. Our verse says, in doing so, he not only saved us from our sins, but also removed our guilt. All this was done for us so that we can live in freedom and not be burdened with our faults, failures, and shortcomings, and so that we live in eternity with him. He is the Messiah, the Prince of Peace, and our Savior. He is all we need for today and for forever. And all this is captured in the book of Hebrews. Enjoy this second journey through this book. Let's see what Jeremiah is prophesying in chapter 17. Jeremiah starts out by telling the people their sin is engraved with iron. There is no getting out of the repercussions of their sin because they have gone too far from God for too long. He desired their hearts, but they did not give their hearts to God. So he resorted to allowing them to suffer until they come back to him. Nowadays, that's called tough love, allowing our children to suffer the consequences of their wrongdoings. In verse 7, we read about the person who believes in, trusts in, and relies on God. This person is blessed, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out its roots by the river, and it shall not see and fear when heat comes, but its leaf shall be green. It shall not be anxious and full of care in the year of drought, nor shall it cease yielding fruit. Let us be the ones who believe in, trust in, and rely on God. We are held by him when we do. Jeremiah tells them they should not trust in their hearts because their hearts deceive them. Only God is the one who knows our hearts, and he will judge us accordingly. He also tells them not to trust in riches if they have been attained the wrong way. The only trustworthy thing or being is God, and he would show them this when they have to live without his help. May we fully trust in the Lord. Then Jeremiah writes about the Sabbath three times in verses 21, 24, and 27. They were ordered to keep the Sabbath holy, but they did not. The last verse is clear about God's wrath against them if they will not listen to him and keep the Sabbath day holy. I haven't always kept the Sabbath day holy, but God has impressed it on my heart, and I hope he will do the same for you. If we can't give God one day out of the seven he gives us, we won't receive the blessings he desires us to have by doing so. And I don't mean all the blessings he has in store for us. I mean the blessings we receive by worshiping him during that one day a week. In chapter 18, God shows us his compassion. He tells Jeremiah to go to the potter's house, and Jeremiah sees the potter making a mistake with the clay who then remolds it. God tells him that Israel is like the clay and God is the potter. May we be moldable in his hands because God told Jeremiah that if he plans to do evil against a nation and the nation turns away from its evil ways, then God will change his mind and not go through with his plan. Our God is forgiving and he is long-suffering. He will give us every opportunity to give our hearts to him. On the other hand, if God plans to do good, but a nation won't follow him, then his mind can be changed to be against them instead of for them. May we follow hard after the Lord. Jeremiah tells God that his life is in jeopardy because the people don't like what he is prophesying. He knows God can see their plot against him, but he still feels like he has to ask that God save him from their evil plot. I'm sure we would ask for God's help too, even though God had told him earlier that if he just believed, God would save him. May God impart extra belief in our hearts today. Let's see what we can learn from Psalm 106. This psalm starts with praise. 
And then it recaps all that happened with the Israelites from Exodus through 2 Kings. The psalmist writes about the rebellion of the people. He writes about all that God did for them, including his coming against them when they rebelled against him. Finally, the psalmist ends by asking the Lord for deliverance, and he praises God. Let us pray. O Lord, thank you for showing us your mercy and love through the scriptures. You loved us so much that you gave your only son for us. You allowed him to be beaten and hung on the cross so that we could be saved from our sins. Thank you, Lord. May our hearts turn to worship you. May we be obedient to you, Lord. Keep us yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.